Hey listeners, welcome to Everyday Badass. My name is Megan Lahan, and I'm so excited to have you join us and listen to another one of our incredible guests. So let's meet someone interesting. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Everyday Badass. And um, we are in our new content of 2021. And I'm excited to introduce you to a great friend of mine who um, we met each other at Ursuline Academy when we were in high school. And um, so- Long time ago. Long time ago, yes. (laughs) Sad that, you know, it's over 20 years ago. I mean, I know. But anyway, well, whatever. Age is just a number. Um, So uh, her name is Mandy Bass, um, or as we like to call her, Commando, or other, you know, nicknames that we've had over the years. And um, so we were great, great friends um, all through high school and um, have stayed in touch after, since then, and at different times, you know, with life and, you know, other things that are going on. But, um, you know, we've always kind of stayed in touch at at different paths and, uh, you know, she has so much to share and why I asked her to be on here. And it's funny, whenever I I contact a guest about being on Everyday Badass, and again, people just don't think about themselves like that. You don't mm-hmm. think about your life and what you've done and what you've accomplished and not even just accomplishments and accolades, but it's more what you've lived through mm-hmm. and lessons that you've learned. And um, so, you know, Mandy has such a good message to share about her experience um, and this path that she's still on, really which is about choosing yourself and learning to make yourself a priority. And, um, you know, she also went through a very significant uh, moment a couple years ago with the loss of her best friend um, right after childbirth. And she's Mm -hmm. become um, a huge part of that little kiddo's life. Um, And, you know, and next, her next journey, which down the road, which we'll end on is just about her um, becoming a business owner. And so welcome, Mandy. Hey, thanks, friend. Yes. Happy and flattered to be here. Good, good, good. Well, I'm so happy you're here. And I think that there's so much that, I mean, even though I know some of the things that we're going to talk about, um, that so many people can relate to on one way or another. And that's the whole point of this is that through truth-telling and connection and people allowing themselves to be vulnerable to know that, you know, in this great big world— we can narrow that down very quickly because so many people have shared experiences that mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't talk about. Right. So um, why don't we start with just you telling our listeners just a little bit about you, just, you know, your upbringing, your, you know, born and raised in this area, just, yeah. you know, all those things. So let's get into some of that stuff. Well, like most people that live in Cincinnati, I was <laughs> born and raised here, never yes. left. Yes. Uh, I have one sister uh, we grew up over in, uh, kind of had like a lower middle class upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived out near Forest Park mm-hmm. um, up until my parents got divorced when I was 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and shortly thereafter, my mom remarried. Yep. And we moved on a whim <laughs> very quickly to Westchester. Um, and it was a a complete culture shock because, um, you know, I grew up being this, you know, in a very tight knit community where, Mm -hmm. you know, we all played sports together and 
Um, it was like one, you know, a couple elementary schools, one high school. And then I moved out to Lakota where it was huge. huge. Yeah. And um, coming like it was my fifth or sixth grade, I think, is when we we moved out there. I got to finish out my fifth grade year, and then I started in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And everybody had grown up together out there. They'd all played soccer was, like, the, the, sport, the sport to play in yeah. Westchester. And um, I didn't play soccer. I played softball. Yes. Um, I—it it was just—it it was really weird. Coming, mm-hmm. Everybody—it was such such— an affluent area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that was different. Like, I grew up, like, you know, like, I didn't know anything about shaving my legs yeah. and, like, all that stuff. And yeah. then I here I am, and, like, there's all these girls, like, every, it was it was what you're wearing and— Right, what uh, label it was. Oh, it's just— Totally different world. And middle school. I mean, oh, so— Of all, like, the, the times to move and be kind of, like— immersed in a new school in a new mm-hmm. area it's such a pivotal time in a young girl's life I think for so sure it's kind of a you know like it, that's the first time I remember really being aware of what other people thought of me mm-hmm. um and especially being the new girl yeah you know yeah, yeah. I mean all eyes are on you and you're making friends and all the things and I'm not um I mean, because we're such good friends, this mm-hmm. might surprise, like, you might know. But I'm actually a, a very introverted by nature. Yes. So it was really hard for me to make new friends. Mm-hmm. I was super into sports. I can remember, like, I was such a nerd. The first summer that we moved, I sat down in my basement because I didn't, like, I would sit, like, I have— I'm a huge Reds fan. Mm-hmm. And I would sit down in our basement and I would listen to the Reds games every single night yeah. and keep score. Like, I am a total <laughs> dork. Like, listen to Marty and Joe and yes. I would keep score and I had a little, like, scorebook. Mm-hmm. What a loser. <laughs> um, no, but you also played softball and you were into that world. I mean, yeah. 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 But, I, yeah, it was just... So, yeah, uh, um, that's... Uh, it was the first time I remember that there were, like, different groups of people in school like you had the popular kids you had the mm-hmm. um so yeah it was it was I don't know I think that was like I wouldn't say so much my parents getting divorced so much as are moving abruptly um I can remember like I feel like that was um a poignant a, moment yes. for you yeah. yeah like a shift you can feel that for and remember sure. it very easily yeah yeah so you did you go to Lakota then or did you go to I went to Lakota um, in sixth grade, and then I had to change schools again. That's what I thought. In yeah. seventh grade, because mm-hmm. um, they had junior high, and mm-hmm. so then I'm then I'm kind of reimmersing into this new school with all these n- other kids from you know other filter elementary schools, yeah. and but still a lot of them knew each other because of soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I. I just, it was a struggle. It's like those, like junior high years are a struggle for people. And like, I, I know like a lot of, like just in talking to other people, a mm-hmm. lot of people struggle through those years just because puberty and you're trying to, f- you know, figure out. Right. Different, but Fit oh, in, just who are God. your people? And then all I of that. Hated it. Yeah. And for those I who do don't a lot know, of trouble. Yeah. I mean, Lakota is a big 
school district. And so I can relate because I went to Sycamore yep. until, you know, you and I uh, went to Ursline. And um, so for those people who don't know, when you have those big districts, you do, you have all of these little, you know, there's maybe four or five different elementaries and then they start coming together in the yep. higher grades. And then, yep. you know, especially you move buildings. And so um, that's what you're referencing. And so yep. it is, it's like when you're in those big, big districts, um, you know, the clicks are more evident mm-hmm. and, you know, you mm-hmm. see that. So, um, so yeah, you're the new girl. Then you go into this stuff within junior high. So you did, you got into trouble a lot and. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much tea I want to spill on there because <laughs> you never know what my, my parents will be listening to. Yes. But yeah, uh, no, I mean, but it just was common knowledge rough now. Yeah. yeah. Like I, uh, I, uh, I tried smoking mm-hmm. in junior high, like, mm-hmm. dr- you know, and it just some bad, I, I can seriously, I can remember my mom having a, con- like I snuck out of the house. I just, it was, yeah. you know, like just made some bad decisions, I think, but, but you know, like I'm kind of an open book, like mm-hmm. I don't, it's whatever, but, yeah. um, but, but it's the, it's the first time I can remember like doing things that I wouldn't normally do just to, to get approval of people that honestly, quite honestly, I shouldn't have given a shit about. Sure. Uh, oh, there's my first swear word. That's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I, I warned Megan that <laughs> I would try to watch my mouth. That's okay. We'll just put the little E on this episode for explicit content because <laughs> yes. Mandy's on. She's yes. our first explicit episode. <laughs> oh, that's such an honor. But I do know what you mean. You're trying, you're testing your boundaries. You're trying to be friends with people that, you know, and we've all, we've all been there at some point where you look back and you're like, yeah, those weren't really the people I needed to have approval from, or I should have been friends with, but you know, you're trying to figure out your place. You're trying to figure out your identity and you know, it does, it lends itself to where you can do things that you probably shouldn't have done, um, to try to gain that acceptance. Yeah. I mean, it's, and also, you know, Truth be told, it kind of, you know, when you and I talked about this and when we've had conversations in general, part of my sort of self-discovery has been um, really trying to dig into like like mental health kind of aspects of things. And, Absolutely. Um, for me, I, I can re- like go back as far as back when my parents were divorced and remember feeling like not just like sad isn't the right word for it, but like, Mm -hmm. like just this, you know, I, you know, it's not something that I really openly, um, talk about, but, you know, there's probably a lot of people that this is sort of like therapy. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about these headphones that just make you (laughs) talk. Just open up, girl. Here you go. (laughs) No, I I mean, I, I mean, I kind of went through this phase of, um, you know, like cutting myself Uh and, um, I, I don't know how many people really talk about, you know, when they're teenagers and when they're struggling with things and not just being teenagers, but, you know, like suicidal thoughts. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I was just really, really unhappy and just you don't know how to articulate that at that age, which is why the cutting and the other stuff comes into play. um, My mom is a nurse or was a nurse. And so for her, like she she just, she knew, like, if I was hurt, she knew how to fix it. Yep. But I don't think she ever really knew how to understand, like, from an emotional standpoint, like, that kind of hurt is is really just as important. I don't, there's just still such a stigma about mental health and, and how, you know, you, 
there's like, young people, it's, it's really, if you don't address it at an early enough age or it's yes. not talked about, um, you know, I don't, I, I kept a lot of that to myself, mm-hmm. like being, being unhappy, being, um, being depressed, being, um, I remember my sister, um, and they, they, there was a period where I know that my family was worried about me, n- not just because of all the bad decisions I was making. Yeah. But my sister found this diary that I had kept. Yeah. She show, I don't honestly remember what was in it. Probably, I don't know, but enough that they worried about me enough to, like, they sent me to, like, a, like a therapist or whatever. Yeah. And that just pissed me off even more because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, as a teenager, you're like the last person you want to talk to is a total stranger about, you know, your sex life and your right. all the bad decisions you're making. And mm-hmm. so I was very, um, yeah, I was, a, I was on the struggle bus there yeah. for a little well, bit. Well, you kept it all inside. And, you know, I think when people, and I, I can't agree with you more, that I think um, it's sad that where we are, there's still so much stigma that's around mental health. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're somebody who isn't um, aware of it, open to it, you don't take an active interest in trying to understand others and what they're going through with it, or if you haven't struggled yourself personally, mm-hmm. because so many people have, mm-hmm. so many people, yep. um, is that you don't realize when you're in it when you're younger, but now where you are, you can look back, but how much of that manifested all and impacted all so these things. much. Right. So much. Through your life. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's always a blessing and a gift to get to the place where you are now and you have an awareness differently than what you did mm-hmm. then. Um, but that is one thing that, you know, to your point and for anybody who's listening and kiddos and whatever, I mean, I know it's like pulling teeth to get kids to talk about Mm -hmm. things, but man, just having that open dialogue of so much stuff is so helpful so that there's even a slight chance that they're going to give you something out of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I can't even imagine, like, I think about all of the stuff that, um, the, I don't know, I don't want to say like, uh, bad reputation. Like, so when, when I got to Ursuline, yeah. um, yet changing schools yet again, right. my, my mom thought it would be that I would get into less trouble mm-hmm. going to an all girls school mm-hmm. than if I stayed at Lakota. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying she's right or wrong, but you and I are kind of giving each other that little. We still got in trouble. There's still. <laughs> let's be really clear. There's still ways to get in trouble at an all-girls school. Okay. Well, you um, know what's interesting because um, so my parents, I was at Sycamore, and then mm-hmm. they made me go yeah, to Ursuline. Same. same, same you yeah. I remember. Um, and I, I wasn't in a place where I was getting in trouble prior to going there, but they wanted me to do it because they were fearful that I just would. would. Just mm-hmm. being at a bigger school, right. right? And so, yeah, I mean, I was yanked from all the friends that I knew mm-hmm. growing up mm-hmm. and went into Ursuline knowing two people and yep. two of which I wasn't close to. I just knew them and um, had to make all of those friends. And, you know, one of the things I always say to people when they ask about that, because I know it's a question we get all the time, is going to an all-girls school and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, the things I got out of that experience 
had nothing to do with getting in trouble or not getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, you know, empowerment. It was being surrounded by women all day. It was being able to focus on, you know, school and grades without having all the crap that you Mm -hmm. deal with with everything else. Mm -hmm. It was, and I know that um, maybe our class was different than some others, but we really had a very good class. There wasn't a lot of the, you know— clickiness. I mean, mm-hmm. you had your people you so, hung out yeah. with, but we all collectively had got along. And, um, you know, the confidence piece that I gained out of that was, you know, so I can't say what I would have done differently had I, you stayed at Lakota and right. I stayed at Sycamore. I mean, you know, you can't even imagine it because we didn't have that experience, but, right. um, but it wasn't about getting in trouble. There were so many other things that came, but that's where both of our parents made that decision right. to say, right. here's why you should go here. Right. Yeah. Right. And looking back on it, I'm, I mean, I'm so, like you said, I, I think that the, saying, oh, what could have been, or if I had not gone here, what, what, cause that's futile. Like yep. you don't, you just, it is what it is. Like mm-hmm. you are the person that you are now because you went through all of these things and right. I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Um, I just sent it to me, like, it's just funny that, yeah. uh, their, their, their logic, I mm-hmm. guess. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad. Thanks mom. Yeah, uh, um, I am. I say I've said that to my mom too. I'm like, it really ended up being one of the best decisions, you know, of for me personally and what I got out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I saw a lot of stuff and you know a lot of things that I would have seen no matter what school you're at, and for you're sure. going to fall into right. those certain sure. categories if that's where you are in your life. Yeah. But um, so anyway, your parents make the decision for you to go to Ursline. Yeah, and no, um, no I mean, I think. I still still feel like even though I, I'm so glad I, I went there and I mean I mean the friendships and things that were made from that experience. I mean, some of my I think it's most of my closest friends are not friends that I, you know, met in my adult life. It's yeah. it's, you know, the people I went to high school with. Mm-hmm. And I, you know. So for that I'm 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 grateful. But I do it was a struggle for me again because coming from not having a not being like a religious family or person, yeah. Um, coming from a a public school and then going to a Catholic all girls school, mm-hmm. where again most of the people, as you know, like as you said, I mean, mm-hmm. I there were a few people from from you know my junior high that went to 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 Ursuline, but again, they, they were mostly soccer players or mm-hmm. you know they play different sports. And um, so I didn't, I mean, I did know some people, mm-hmm. but it was still, for the most part, the majority of people I would say that we went to school with all had their own group of friends coming in that they had come from other totally schools. So yeah. it was just an adjustment all over again. So it's mm-hmm. like, once again, then I'm trying to figure out like my place and um, figuring out how, like how to make friends and how to come out of my shell and how to, uh, um, you know, I don't want to say, you know, conform, but connect. Yeah. Yeah. Connect with people and determine what your identity is going to be there and, and figure that out. And, you know, I'm glad you touched on the introvert and extrovert because I think that that is, um, that is very common that I think that there's a lot of people, because again, if people didn't know you, they would never say that about you. Which I th- think is so funny because yeah. I, 
I guess, yeah, because the people that know me, I, once once I know you and I'm comfortable around you, like, right. I'll talk your face off right. if, if, if I don't But you're to, outgoing but. and just all these things that, but there's a lot of extroverts that really are introverts or mm-hmm. a lot of people who perceive as extroverts. And An extroverted outward. introvert. Yeah. 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 So, um, but I'm just thinking back to you and even in high school and, you know, I don't think people would have ever guessed that, you know, at that time. I think there there are a lot of people in, in high school that because of my RBF, which mm-hmm. for your listeners, that means resting bitch face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have, it's a blessing and a curse. Yes. But um, I have this, I guess this, and, and I still to this day, ah, damn, people say sh- stuff to me all the time about mm-hmm. <laughs> that they just, I have this look, I guess, where I just look mean or mm-hmm. intimidating or... Mm-hmm. And I'm really not like I'm I'm I mean I don't want to say like I'm the nicest but, but I mean I really I'm for such a mean face that I have I am the one of the most sensitive people yes that like I can give it out but I damn sure cannot take mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. um <laughs> but yeah so you you're at Ursline you still played sports in Ursline played softball yeah, yeah played softball didn't you do field hockey too did you do field hockey and they try to get me to play soccer because again I think they like so this is it's funny so this is all coming full circle to the to to like the whole body image issue and like the fitness aspect yeah. and everything so I've always, like, if you want to label, like, my siblings, right? So my sister um, was more into, like, dance Mm -hmm. and fashion. And, you know, if you were to put her in a, like, a category, I guess, or a clique, like, I would have considered her, like, a popular, you know, like, the popular Mm -hmm. clique or whatever. Um, um, I was not. I was a tomboy, like, for as long as I can remember. Like, yeah. I've always gotten along better with guys than girls. It's always easier for me to make friends, I think, with— because I've been super into sports. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would ten times rather sit and watch a football game or a basketball game or a baseball game than, like, gossip with whatever females are around about, Agreed. like, yeah. what's going on in— Anything. Real housewives of wherever. Yeah. hmm So, um— what was my point? <laughs> well, we were talking about you um, doing sports still at Earthline and in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. And you were in softball. I told you you were going to have to circle me back. My ADD is <laughs> okay. real. Like, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, everyone just, um, so I was always like the athlete. Mm-hmm. My sister was the, the diva or whatever. Um, and I think that whole um, being athletic, people just assume that you're, um, or having like the body shape that I had that, oh, well, she'll be good at being goalie in soccer because she's bigger. She's like more athletic and, right. you, you know, and um, I think I can, like, I can remember in high school, like, just, I think it's, it was, became most apparent when, when, like I said, like moving from a a, a little tiny community that where none of that stuff mattered yeah. to moving to this place where all of that stuff did matter and body image and, right. you know, what, what you were diet. Wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And st- still, like, you know, I always felt bigger than, um, you know, than other people. I, I don't know. So mm-hmm. just, but I, but I loved sports so much. It was never really a question of whether, like, you know, to, it just, it took me a long time to just, um, realize that that's just being athletic didn't mean that my body type was bad. Um, right. That I didn't. 
um, yeah, you know, so it's it's a really funny how like the um, like mental health and um, physical fitness and all mm-hmm. that stuff kind of tie together. Tie together. Yeah. yeah. So you know, from Earthline, you go to Xavier, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, local and great school. Um, I mean, anything else from there that you feel like was an awareness or a factor in relationships or your body image or um, kind of putting yourself first and doing all of that? You know, I didn't really have the call. I went to, this is in my typical personality. Um, I waited till the very last minute to um, decide where I wanted to go. Yeah. I went there because my best friend, I went there because Messer, what? Um, a girl that Megan and I went to high school with. I, yeah. She's like, I, come come with me to tours Xavier. And I was like, okay. Like, it was like the day before I had to decide. Yeah. And she, we left school. Like, she took, she, she toured me around the campus. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, this is where you're going to go. Then I'll yeah. just go here because it's easy. And mm-hmm. um, so, again, one of those things where looking back, I wonder, like, if I had put a little more thought process into really where I wanted to go, like, what would have happened. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I love my time at Xavier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, in hindsight, I'm so glad, even though I didn't really have the college experience that a lot of people had, like I didn't go to a ton of house parties and I didn't, yeah. um, cause I worked like my parents made me get a job when I turned 15. Um, and I wasn't one of those like little rich kids that mm-hmm. like had everything you know, handed to them. Like I had, if I wanted to go anywhere, then I had to pay for gas. If mm-hmm. I want to close, like I paid for it. I paid for my insurance. Like, yep. um, I mean, my stepdad, who is a really successful uh, businessman, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he like instilled that work ethic in me from a very, you know, like you want something, you work for it. We yeah. just don't hand things out over here. So I know when, even when I was thinking about this and I knew some of the topics that you were going to talk about, but one of the things that I even wrote down and I remember is, um, and we were both like that. Cause I worked mm-hmm. all through yep, high school you and, yep. and you did too. And I worked through college and, um, same thing, but, um, but I always think of that, like you were such a hard worker. I mean, you worked a ton of shifts yeah. even when we were in high school. And I remember I was trying Trying to even remember, I could not remember the name of it. Just for feet, girl. Yes. yes. We're your 13th Paris three. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you were even like shift leader and like an assistant manager and everything, even, you know, at that young age Mm -hmm. and you put in the hours. I mean, I remember even at times where if I got off before you did, I was, you know, we were waiting in the Mm -hmm. parking lot to pick you up or to go Mm -hmm. somewhere after. Um, So you worked, you worked your ass off. You worked a ton. and, And I know you did through college too. Yeah. So I actually had two jobs in college plus mm-hmm. going to school and my I mean I remember my mom was even like you don't when we said you had to work we didn't mean like we still want you to go to school and get right. good grades like you don't have to um but it just it just you know you liked it, it though I, too. Yeah. yeah I mean um it's the sense of and I once I find something that I I'm I'm such a creature of habit I think mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because I haven't figured out if it's because of how much like all the change all at once really like impacted me yeah younger but now like I am such a routine schedule driven person mm-hmm. I freaking hate when I have something in my head like the way my schedule is supposed to go for a day and it like a workout will get canceled or something like throws a wrench yeah. in my, like, it throws I, you off. Yes, yeah. it does. Um, but, but 
so getting back to that, um, yeah, no, I just, I, I paid for everything and I didn't have the, and I worked a lot in college mm-hmm. and I still had, I mean, I've still had fun. Yeah. But, um, but I don't have like the big take, you know, like I don't, don't have like a big takeaway from college other mm-hmm. than I just, if when I think back on it, I mean, yes, I made some friends, um, I went to school, mm-hmm. but I just remember working a lot through yeah. college. I have the same. I mean, I was talking to somebody else. Um, it was actually another guest that was on here, Cindy Weininger. We were talking about that. And I was just ready just to kind of get my life started. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I think back on college, I don't have those some of those same stories right. either. I mean, I, you know, I had a good experience or wasn't anything negative, but yeah. it just wasn't. I was there to go to school, but I was working to pay my right. way to go to school. And, right. you know, it. It just wasn't the same as what some people envision about right. it. Um, so let's talk about then from after school and where do you go from there? Um, I will say I do remember being fr- like, so I graduated from Xavier with a degree in PR because mm-hmm. um, I changed my major like three times, I think. I was going to be a teacher. Yep. I had I was a psychology major for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I still graduated in four years, even though I changed my major that many times. But I just remember not... And this is still, so this has kind of still been like my my struggle throughout my life is just not really figure again, like not figuring out or being able to figure out like what is my place? What am I supposed to be doing? I had zero, like, okay, what the hell, what the hell am I gonna do with a public relations degree? As right. an you know, especially being like an introverted person. Mm-hmm. Like that's such you know, it was kind of funny, but you know, it was just it was a a piece of paper. Yep. And then when I left school, so I started working at Longhorn Steakhouse. Yep. Um, I, so when Just for Feet closed, uh-huh. I, had to, I had to find another job. Yeah. Um, and I started working there in college. And when I graduated, I remember there were a lot of my friends that were trying to figure out what they were going to do and how they were going to, and I, at one point, like after we graduated, was making more money working in the restaurant still than some of my friends were that either hadn't found a job yet or were just starting out. Right. In their entry level positions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually, and I mean, I actually still have my job at Longhorn Mm -hmm. all these years, 21 years later. I only work there one day a week, but it's like one of those things where I just, I, it's, it's, to me, it's just I've been doing it for so long. I could do it with my eyes closed. And yeah. it's just But I love, like, the different interactions with people. There's people that just become your family that come, you know, like these, you have these regular guests that, mm-hmm. you know, working there as long as I have now. Like, I've seen some of their kids, like, like be born to, like, now they're, like, it's, you know, it's yeah. just. Um, it's been a touchstone for you over the years, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, at the time, it was, just, it was, like, what, I don't know, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I. And just, I remember, again, starting to get really depressed, like seeing all my friends that, you know, like they knew they were, they were meant to be a teacher or they were meant to be a nurse or they, mm-hmm. it felt like everybody had their shit figured out mm-hmm. except for me. And I just remember um, j- just feeling horrible. Not that there's anything wrong with working in a restaurant, like, no. mm-hmm. but, but I just was like, is, I don't know, that's not what I want to do with my whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
Um, well, no, I understand what you mean, though, because society is very, what is your next step? What's right. your job? Right. What are you graduating from this college and four-year institution right. for? Right. Um, but I think that, and I see it more and more, that, you know, unless you really know, like you said, without a shadow of a doubt, this is what you're here to go do, most people don't know. Yeah. They don't know what they want to do when they're entering school, and they don't know what they do want to do when they graduate. Right. I mean, I've always wished, you know, in my perfect utopian society, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, I think when kids graduate high school, they should have a year where, you know, like every quarter you get to change jobs uh, and like intern yeah. somewhere, you know, like, because you can't do anything in psychology until you have a degree. <laughs> you can't do anything in certain fields until you have that degree. And then before you know it, they've spent this time, effort and energy mm-hmm. and money. And then it's, oh, but I really don't like it. This isn't what I want to do. And I think your life experiences kind of mold what you, like as you grow, I mean, and as you have more life experiences, what you want to do might change. I mean, I think it's so unrealistic to, to expect there now, granted, there are a lot of people that like from at you know at maybe at like age ten, like know they want to go do this or that. But for I would say, generally speaking, Mm -hmm. at eighteen years old, you don't know what the hell you want to do with the rest of your life, and to to just so I don't know. So, I got married um, about a year after I graduated, Mm -hmm. and um, the sweetest guy, um, and to me that was such a you know. A, a change from what I had been used to. Like I have, yeah. in, a, in addition to making terrible um, decisions regarding, you know, like smoking, drinking, you know, all that. Um, I made horrible <laughs> uh, choices, I guess you could say, in the people I choose to uh, spend extra curricular time with. Yeah. <laughs> Is We've that the PC there. way of saying <laughs> Well, it? just who you were choosing to be in relationships with. They yeah. were very... Um, they weren't making you better. No. They, you know, no. and it's... They're yeah. just trying to just articulate, like, how terrible they were for mm-hmm. my self-esteem and everything else is just... A, it's just bad. But... So he was the first, like, genuinely... He just, was just a genuinely good person. Yeah. Um, but... but and I, he went to Xavier, as did a lot of his friends, um, who were, they were a little older than me. But again, like they were all like one was an executive at P and G, like mm-hmm. one you know worked for the mayor. One, I mean, they they just all had like these great careers and life. Again, path. I'm like, yeah. well, what do you? I work at a restaurant, and again, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. But the there is again, like just like there's a stigma with like mental health. There yeah. is there is this like idea that just because if you work in a restaurant, you must be a piece of shit that mm-hmm. doesn't you know have any life goals or whatever. So, so it took me, um, it took me a while to 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 get over that, and you know, I, I would I was thirteen years ago or so, I started working for Aflac, mm-hmm. um, and again. Um, not not the most exciting field. I mean, it's been great. I actually, um, I started a new role with them a couple years ago where I actually work for our headquarters now. Mm-hmm. But being uh, being in this, the sales um, world is not my personality right. at all. I'm too much of a, of a people pleaser. So hearing the word no um, is not, is not in my, 
you know, my wheelhouse. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to bother you. Right. Uh, I'll uh, just bow out. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Yeah. Uh, you contact me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, that's not how you make a living in right. sales, right? So, um, but again, just like trying to figure out, okay, well, what am I good at? Being self-aware of, you know, um, like the people that my friends that were in sales that were really successful at it always thought it was like so hilarious that like you, you were, no offense, you're terrible. Like, <laughs> this really isn't This for is you. not, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe you should rethink your life decisions. Like, <laughs> um, but, but I mean, I kept, that's, that's why I kept my Longhorn job is yep. because, um, because I, I just knew, okay, I'm going to figure it out one day, mm-hmm. but so I really am. So um, I know what you're going to touch on next is the, so this kind of brings us back to, um, to my friend that passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I got divorced um, like when I was like, so we were married for not quite seven years. Like mm-hmm. it didn't, didn't work out. Um, and right around that time I got reacquainted with, um, one of my friends from college. Mm-hmm. Um, and we became, I hadn't seen her really since, since college. And, she, um, I was newly single. Um, and she was like, I'm really tired of being the third wheel with me and my husband, um, his best friend single. Um, it would be so great if you guys could get together. And, yeah. uh, so she sort of set us up and, um, won't get into like all of that, but let's, cause that's not the focus, but we became really, really tight mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, she passed away. I don't know if you want to leave this conversation or not. I feel like no, you're fine. Go, go. <laughs> yeah, this is good. So she, um, she got pregnant. Um, she was, um, you know, late thirties. Like she didn't think that she had been trying to get pregnant. Yeah. Um, kind of had given up on it. Didn't think it was going to work out. And then all of a sudden, like, bam, she yeah. was pregnant. And she was so happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she asked me to be the godmother. Mm-hmm. And she asked me if I would be in the delivery room with her because she, um, her mom um, had passed away, you know, years prior. Yeah. And all of her families in Chicago. Um, so she she wanted like a female presence there in the room with her aside from her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, sure. Like my sister, like I have four. My sister has four kids, but they were all she had them all by C section. So yeah. I I honestly and I've you know like you know like I've never um, I've never I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pregnant one time and had mm-hmm. a miscarriage, mm-hmm. which you know again is another thing that has sort of that sort of shaped me in another one of those things that I yes. think not a lot of people talk about. Yes. But, agree. Um, so when she asked me, um, I was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, what a, what a thing the miracle of life is. Yes. I was, remember being like horrified and just. Right. Like, when you're younger, but when yeah. you go through that, when it's somebody really, you truly love and care about yeah. and you get to see that experience. I mean, it's amazing. Yes. But so gross. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but so Will was born and um she it wasn't an, an easy delivery for her. So she had I mean she was in labor for like active labor, mm-hmm. like pushing mm-hmm. for um I mean her water they fi- they broke her water and she started pushing at like 6 
five or six something, and then she didn't end up having him until almost 10. Yeah. Um, they had to use a vacuum to get him out. They mm-hmm. were about to do a C-section. So um, she uh, she was home with him for a week, and then she started having complications, and she ended up getting an infection where her um, episiotomy was and a couple, I mean, various other things. There was placenta that was left behind. Yeah. Um, and she died from sepsis. Mm. And uh, Will was 10 days old. Yeah. And I remember um, I remember everything about that day. I, I don't ever, like, I really don't ever talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I remember everything about it. And it, it was, it's like a... One of those like out of body experiences, like sure. it's, like happening to somebody else. And I mean, I know that you know everybody has their story, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody, you know, everybody can relate to loss. And um, but for me, I had never lost anybody close to me like that before. Like yeah. my parents, or I mean, be, you know, like my grandparents. You know, both of my grandfathers passed away. But I mean, I'd never really had like. I mean, Megan was like my, like my sister. You know, mm-hmm. she was. We were super close mm-hmm. and. To have something so tragic, like here you are, like you just gave birth, like you're a new mom. Yes. Um, and then to just, you think you're just, you know, having like, you think you're just sick or you have an, inf- and then, and then it, it, within 12 hours you're dead. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was horrific. Like it was mm-hmm. awful. But here I am, like I, I was the one taking care of Will when she went into the hospital. Her, her husband had asked me to come watch the baby while he went to they be with went. her. Mm-hmm. And here I am, like I had just put him to bed. I'm holding him and then I get the phone call and he's crying hysterically saying that Megan's dead. And I'm like, what the actual, mm-hmm. F you, you know? And and I just sort of went into this um, survival mode, I think, for Will. Like, I didn't—I mean, I cried, but not the way that—I don't think I still have really grieved the way I probably should have because I just didn't have time. Like, I mean, I, there's a baby that there's needed baby to be— to take care of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and again, where I f- feel like one of those, like, things are meant to happen the way that they're supposed to happen, you know— with my job with Aflac at the time, I mean, I was self-employed. So mm-hmm. although, you know, I, I get uncomfortable sometimes when people say like, oh, you're the, you know, it's so great the way you stepped in and, and you know, all this praise and everything, which I, I appreciate. But for me, it was just, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. I mean, he he needs, like, her husband had never taken care of a baby before. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't have any other kids. Like, he had they no clue. family here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he had he had a job. He had a house. He didn't know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to just, I mean, I took care of my sister's four kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew how to take care of babies. Like, mm-hmm. I had a job where I could work from home if I needed to. Like, it, it all just worked out in a way that it wasn't like, I was trying to be like some superhero. Mm-hmm. I just did what needed to be done. done. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I mean, you know, with having kids, and I think there is such a thing as like your maternal instinct kicking in. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like, I didn't even think about it. Like this baby needs to be taken care of. Yeah. I'm the only one that's able to do it at the moment. Like mm-hmm. would other people have stepped in and helped? Did other people offer to? Sure, but not in the capacity where they could have just, like I stayed at their house yeah. for weeks after she died. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I was the person, mm-hmm. like, bathing him, giving him all of his meat. And I'm not saying that his dad didn't, like, help or anything, but he was in his own world trying to figure out what the hell to do right. next. Um, so, I mean, that's just sort of, you know, he's my little, he's my little guy. And how so old is he now? three and a half now, and yeah. he is just like his mother. Like, Isn't that crazy? From when he was a baby, yeah. I could just tell. I mean, he was just one of those babies that, like, you know— uh, just watching everything everybody does yeah. and wants to be like in the mix and you know now that he t- talks a mile a minute like uh-huh. he she was just talk about an extrovert like she would she would go in a room and she was one of those people that she would just she did not give a shit if she knew you or not like yeah. she thought you anybody that she met wanted to be like her best friend and that is exactly how Will, Will will like walk up to a kid on the playground and be like hey I like your Paw Patrol shoes <laughs> like, it's so hilarious. isn't that like, remarkable though because I mean like you see her in him oh my god it all is the time. yeah it really is I mean it's a it's a blessing mm-hmm. but it's still you know like it's like the other day. So my dog passed away a couple months ago mm-hmm. and he asks about my dog all the time. And he's like, where's Goosey? He calls me Danny. Danny, where's Goosey? And now he like, now like he'll ask about, like he'll point to Megan's picture and he'll be like, that's my mommy, Megan. She's up there with Goosey. Like, and he'll yeah. point to the sky and it's like, um, you know, so it's, it's sweet. Like it's, once he starts to really, um, I think comprehend like, like I, he can look at a picture and no, like recognize her face. But I, to me, the saddest part is like that's all he's gonna know of her. Mm-hmm. Like, so I feel like it's my responsibility um, to make sure he knows like what a good person his mom was mm-hmm. and how much she loved him. And um, so I mean, that's gonna. I'm not looking forward to those conversations necessarily, but I'm glad that I'm in his life in a way that, um, like hold. Like, I have some of her clothes. Like, yeah. I have, you know, like, I have stuff for, you know, from her that that at least, like, he, he'll have. Down the road, you'll yeah. be able to do those things. Well, and I yeah. can tell you, speaking from somebody I was who, just going to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I lost my mom right. at, um, when I was two. And um, so who people have always heard me talk about mom and um, my siblings on here is because my biological mom's sister, my aunt, right. raised me from when yeah. I was— um, five. And, um, but I will tell you as somebody who I have no memory of her, I mean, Mm -hmm. at all, but we do, we kind of grasp those stories and the people who are close to them. Um, you know, I know at times over my life, my grandparents would give me, you know, here's her senior yearbook or here's, you know, these, um, things. And you get these glimpses of how they were, you know, growing up and how they Mm -hmm. were as a person. And because it's always crazy. I mean, there's certainly people who have said to me over my life, you know, gosh, you look so much like her or, you know, you do this or you're, this reminds me, but you know, to be totally honest, I mean, it's wonderful to hear, but I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't mean something, but I just don't, um, you don't really know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. But when I hear stories about her, like even just a couple of years ago when my grandma passed away, um, some of her friends were at the funeral that came. And when they were started telling me stories of concerts they went to Mm -hmm. in high school or like, that's the stuff I just really love. And you'll be able to give him so many stories about her because that's where I think it's really more about learning who they were as people for sure that I always want to know about yeah and so that's an amazing gift that you'll be able to give him yeah and And that's kind of the segue into so I would say like that's been 
the big, you know, I'd always been into, you know, been into athletics and Mm -hmm. been into sports and things like that. But um, the relationship that Megan had, um, the the person that she'd introduced me to, um, was, again, one of those um, very toxic, it ended up being a very toxic relationship. Yes. um, And led me down, like, mentally horrible, horrible, horrible place. Yes. Um, And my only, like, saving grace was I finally started um, working out again. Mm -hmm. And that is the only time I felt, like, empowered and and felt good about myself. And um, and when she—when Megan died, um, I sort of just threw myself back— into I had started going to Orange Theory. Yes. And cuz my mom it was one one of those times where my mom my mom had been tra- my mom and Gina Forte. Yeah. <laughs> kept trying to get me to go to Orange Theory and I'm like I do not. First of all, it's group fitness, ew. Yeah. And somebody's going to be telling me what to do, ew. Uh-huh. Uh and I so, you know, I would say it was probably a year they kept trying to get me to go and I was like, "No, I'll just go to like Fitworks and I'll just work out, you know, but I had no idea what I was doing there. Sure. Um, so once I joined Orange Theory, it just, I loved it. I, yeah. I, I honestly, like, it's it shocked the hell out of me how mm-hmm. much I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the competitiveness, which you're not really competing against anyone. It's you. But, yeah. You're competing against you. Right. Yeah. Um, and I learned, like, I learned so, so much. Um, one of the coaches there who's now like one of my best friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, really kind of, there's something too about somebody, once people get to know you and know what you're capable of, um, pushing you in a way that you wouldn't push yourself if you were working out alone. Yeah. And I will say that when Megan died, um, going to those classes and having that one hour to myself a day yeah, um, was the only thing I think that um, kept me sane. Mm-hmm. Um so putting that sort of correlation together and figure in um, sort of the progression more into working out. So I, I started um, uh, the, the coach I was just referring to. So I started um, seeing his brother outside, of, who was also a trainer. Mm-hmm. And we, so we started working out together outside of Orange Theory and just seeing what I was capable of doing yeah. just continues to kind of... I don't want to say surprise myself, but I have just never been one that's been that again, like it might surprise people to know that like I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. I really have struggled with self-confidence mm-hmm. and you know, I'm such a people pleaser and trying to make everybody else happy and putting everybody else's needs ahead of my own. Yes. That I often, I should almost always yeah. like neglect my own, like m- whether it's my mental health or mm-hmm. physical health or whatever. So I'm just taking that back now finally yes and and really realizing how much um you know the endorphins that you get after a workout you know it's 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 like I don't, it's gonna sound stupid it's like magical almost yeah. and I don't think enough people really put enough stock into um especially now like with everything that's been going on with COVID and people yeah. being um shut in and not having an outlet or anything mm-hmm. I just think fitness is so underrated as far as what it can do for your mental health yeah. and among like among all the other benefits that we know of like from a you know from a physical standpoint right. but like from um from for mental health, yeah, it's 
Well, you know, it's interesting because I, this is something I've really had to think about a lot over the years is, um, and I'm now at a place of it too, is I think there's so many people who look at fitness as just a means to an end. Mm -hmm. You know, it's either I'm here because I want to work out just because I want to lose weight or, you know, my doctor told me I have to go do this and make it a priority or my heart or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. Um, and, you know, I've always enjoyed it. And about five years ago, when I started with the company that I was in with now, um, I let it go because I was just working insane. I mean, just insane amount of hours. And if I wasn't working, I was tired and I was with the boys and, mm-hmm. you know, it just fell off. Sure, life fell gets off in the my way. Radar. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I started making it a priority again, the only reason I did was because of stress release. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't looking at it as a, oh, I got to go you know, I have to work out today or I have to go get on the treadmill or whatever. And it wasn't, it was just about that, that I was working my ass off. I was um, carrying a lot of stress and I needed some sort of outlet. Mm -hmm. And just getting into that rhythm and your body then starts to crave it. Mm -hmm. But the that benefit alone, yes, I got stronger. Yes, all the things happen. But that wasn't the focus. The focus was just, I just need to have 30 or 40 minutes yeah. that's just not thinking about anything. Exactly. And working my body to let me get this out. Yep. And it is then how much more effective you are in life and in work and in everything because you just have a different mindset, 100%. a clearer mind. Yep. Yeah. So... You know, before you go into those other things, too, with the thing, I mean, when you go back to thinking about this um, toxic relationship, because you were in it for a long time, Mm -hmm. you know, the only reason why I bring it up again is because I think that it is so relevant for how many people stay Mm -hmm. in relationships so Mm -hmm. much longer when they know it's not right and it's not serving them well. And I've been there, too, you know, but I I think that— do you look back on it now and is there anything that you do you understand something about what kept you in it longer? You know, even when I was going through it, I kept like it, it was this it's this such a cyclical thing, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if it's physical abuse, if it's mental abuse, if it's mm-hmm. emotional abuse, you know, when it's all when it's all of them, right? You know, then but um, there's this, this, so he, he was also an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's this thing about me that, and I, th- I would say, I don't know that that's what all people who are in like abusive or toxic relationships, if they feel like they can help the person change. Yeah. Um, but th- so sort of my pattern through life has been st- staying with things longer than I should when I know that they're not serving me any yeah. purpose, not yeah. just with relationships, it could, friendships, right? Like friendships, it could anything. Be a job, it could, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I stick with things because I'm. A, I feel like uh, out of a sense of loyalty or obligation, or mm-hmm. I can make it better, or whatever. And I think with this, like I remember thinking, like you are, you're, you're educated, mm-hmm. like you're smarter than this, like you're, you. I mean, you're not. You're not like terrible looking like you know you have all this to offer yeah but like you see the good and the what can be so why the hell are you staying here Mm -hmm. and and it just it gets to a point where you almost like you're you're so used to the toxic behavior that you almost don't you just don't know another way you can't Uh, picture it being different and I don't know how to 
I think anyone listening that's gone through it is going to relate. Yeah. But I don't, it's, it's so much easier to pass judgment when you're on the outside looking in. Um, Cause you don't really, unless you've been there, mm-hmm. you don't really understand. So yeah. I, I mean, I have like so many of my friends were like, what the hell was like, what the hell were you thinking staying in there so long? What the, but you can't, it just makes it that much more frustrating because you're like, I frick, I I know, I know, mm-hmm. but you you just there's there's like a point, and I know what the point was. Like mm-hmm. the point, like the point for me, my breaking point was. I mean, well, there I'm not gonna like spill the tea on air, but yeah. I mean, there there's always a point, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're just enough is enough, you're done. Yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. And but I honestly know that had I not been like the working out piece and like getting the my confidence back and my self-esteem back yes. was what led me to be able to walk away when I got to that and point. And recognize the point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're now clearly on this um different path, which mm-hmm. I love. You've never been happier. No. And you are making yourself a priority. And, you know, I love that you are openly talking about where you were and where you are, because mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of what people don't get. You know, it's like you don't just get from here to here and right. the hard work didn't happen in between. You know, it's a process. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hard work. There's a commitment. Mm-hmm. There's an awareness of saying, I'm going to choose me and recognizing the things that you are doing that are now serving you well. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that whole thing of if you know better, you do better. Right. You make better choices. Right. Um, and now you've got this long road ahead of you, you yeah. know, where some of these things are now, you know, behind you. They've helped you get to where you are today, but you know, you're not going to go back that direction. Now you're going to go forward in a more positive direction. So, and part of that is you're hoping to be a business owner. Oh, not hoping to be girl. I know you're <laughs> yeah. there now, They're right? There. I yeah. know. Well, I didn't know how much I should. I could no, it's okay. Yeah. it's okay. It's um, okay. I actually think I have a location finally. Yeah. So, um, so I, yeah, so I decided that, um, so over quarantine mm-hmm. um i i think i when, when everything first started shutting down i was like holy shit what am i gonna do? like if i can't work out what the hell am i gonna do like right. not not like again not from the physical aspect but like i got i've i've already worked from home yeah and now you're gonna take you're taking my gym away you're taking like what right. what the hell am i gonna do like mm-hmm. i so that's my outlet yeah um so thankfully uh my friend uh and his brother, we all, we all kind of worked out over quarantine together. And it just made me realize even more like how much of a necessity mm-hmm. or a priority, you know, whatever. I mean, I obviously have a much stronger feeling about it sure. than, than some people, but I really do feel like, you know, um, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox about mm-hmm. it or anything, although I could, but it just made me personally realize like the need for it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if I can help other people create a passion for it or create like this fire within themselves yeah. to do better or you know like for me like running my marathon mm-hmm. like that's a box I checked off like all of these things like my some of my proudest accomplishments are all things that I never thought I was capable of or never gave myself enough credit for being able to do yeah um and it's again while they are like physical achievements mm-hmm. it's the mental piece is what I'm most proud of is yeah. that like overcoming that thing in your that voice in your head that said you can't do this yes. and then proving it wrong right so I decided um over quarantine, found this um, co- uh, this 
fitness concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't decide how much of it I should share since it's not totally open yet. Yeah. But um, it's it's a combination of group fitness, mm-hmm. um, personal training, small group training. Um, it's got all the functional training elements that I love. Like, yeah. Um, kettlebells. Um, I love sleds, those too. All, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a much more personalized individual approach as opposed to just, you know, you sign up for classes and you come and take your class and then you leave. Yeah. Because um, I'm a big, you know, big believer that having having a coach or having somebody believe in you helps you believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. So if I can help provide that gift that was given to me through yeah. other people that I've met um, in my fitness journey and I can be that person for somebody else, mm-hmm. then, you know— that's my that's my goal. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Oh. So proud of you. I'm I can't so wait scared. till you can. It's, it's, it is so overwhelming. And there's so many times where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I'm not even open yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just keep the faith, girl. Trust yes. the process. Yeah. Trust so, the process. Yep. And you're on such a good path here. And this is something that something's calling you to do it. Yeah. And, you know, that's the point of it. And it'll all work out. Yeah. It will. Yeah, so. that's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that to my mother, please? Can you speak directly into the microphone to yes, my mom and tell yes, her? Yes, tell her. Fine. Yeah. Anytime you're in business <laughs> and you're doing anything, I mean, it's risky and yes. I get it and it's scary, but, you know, the reward is just amazing when it all does work out. But nothing is ever just going to be easy when it comes to that. And I think part of it is, you know, things test you in that manner to see how hard you want it. Yep. No, and you're right. And, you know, when you put in the work and the time and all the stuff and you jump through the hoops and when you get there, you'll look back on that and it'll feel like such a small window compared to this long, you know, successful time that you'll have of doing what you love every day. I just feel like I've spent so much of my life trying to figure out what what is it that I'm good at? What if, like all these other people seem to have it all figured out. What the hell am I supposed to do? And this is the one thing, you know, yeah, there are probably lots of other fitness concepts Mm -hmm. out there. Yes. Like there's all these reasons not to do Mm -hmm. it. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, this, for the first time in my life, I've figured out like something I'm good at, something I'm passionate about, something that I feel like I could wake up every day and be excited to go do and empower other people to do. So, I mean, what, Take a chance. Like, you know, what's the the worst that happens is it fails. Like, and then it's just a another lesson. And then, okay, what how do I what do I learn from it? And then what do I go do from here? But I just feel like not not taking the chance and not taking the, you know, not believing in myself and not taking the risk is then I'm just still where I am. And you know. Love it. Yeah. That's the right mindset, without a doubt. Thanks, girl. Well, before we wrap up here, I have final the final five. five. Yes, I know, because I know you listened to it. I love it. But, I did, you know. and I kept thinking, what are my answers going to be? And now I don't know. Good, good, because I that's the whole point. I'm like, I just want it to be off the cuff. So, all right, what are you most proud of personally? I mean, today, oh. what comes to mind when you're like, this is what I'm most proud of? I practiced this answer, and I still don't know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just... <sighs> Being being self-aware, like being able to feel like the, you know, I don't like I don't look at like will as a personal accomplishment. I don't mm-hmm. look at like um, any of like the things that I've done, like at the gym or like any of that stuff is like a like it's it's the, the mind over matter, like that yes. whole like 
figuring out my flaws, figuring out what I still need to work on, mm-hmm. um, just kind of coming into the, like, no, like, yeah, just being like the self-awareness. It, it's, it, I struggle with it still every day, like mm-hmm. anxiety, like the feelings of sadness, like all mm-hmm. of that stuff. But it's just, just knowing that um, it is, it's, it's a constantly evolving, like, process. Yeah. But getting to the point where I can figure that out has been just kind of the, the evolution. My friends call it Mandy 2.0, which is what I changed <laughs> my Instagram handle to because they're like, you you're like a new person. I love it. Well, so. it's because, yeah, I mean, you're putting in the work on yourself and you're making it a priority. And, you know, when you do that and you do have that self-awareness, the bigger part of that is that you're learning those things about yourself, yeah, which then makes you more confident to do these next steps. Yeah, so it's which, hard to pinpoint like one yeah, thing. But I understand but what you're yeah. saying. Um, describe your perfect day. Shit. Again, so I would say the perfect day would uh, obviously involve a workout. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a surprising answer. <laughs> um, you know, just being... In a relaxed, like for me, like my mind is always, always, always on. Like mm-hmm. it never shuts off. I like can create mountains out of molehills. Like I'm such an overthinker. So I think anything that involves me, like being able to shut my brain off. Yeah. So whether it's like spending time with the people that I love and just being able to relax mm-hmm. and not being on a beach, like something where I just don't, where I can just shut my mind off. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't, I don't, to me like that, I don't know that there's like a specific purpose. Like I've listened to other people's answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, those are all well and good. Like, oh yeah, like a nice dinner sounds good or a hike sounds, but so, it, but to me, just anything. It that, could be any of those yeah. things as long as you're just in a relaxed state, enjoying time with people that you love to be around. Yeah. 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 What do you think has been the greatest lesson that's taken you the longest to learn? <sighs> um. You can't make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll just kill yourself in the process trying to try. Yes. Um, and that a lot of times the way people react to situations or in the way situations a lot of times has so little to do with you and mm-hmm. more to do with them. And that's been really, as a, as someone who just wants to fix everything and make everybody happy, um, losing yourself in that process has been, um, you know, it's a hard thing to, it's, it's a hard, hard thing to yeah. learn and it's a yeah. hard thing to pull yourself out of. And it's behavior that you get used to doing yep. without even thinking. Mm-hmm. So, but again, focusing on the self-awareness and where you yep. are, you'll catch yourself in those moments quicker than you ever did before. Oh, yeah. 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 What do you hope your legacy will be when people think of Mandy? What do you hope they think of? Um, you know, I, it's that's a, it's such a hard question. Because, I mean, I think people with kids, like, again— I, I've heard a lot, a lot of different answers, but you, you would hope that your legacy lives out in your kids. Since I don't have that, I think if I could pass something down to the kids that I take, so like, I want my nieces and nephews, um, I want Will Mm -hmm. or anybody that to, to, I think, know that, um, like, this is going to sound so cheesy, right? Mm -hmm. But like, um, 
it's life is a process mm-hmm. and and you can get stuck in this place in your life where you just you it, it just always gets better like you learn from your experiences um take your mental health seriously mm-hmm. um don't feel like you have to know what you're going to do, like, yeah. know what you're going to do right now, that there's, you grow and then you figure stuff out yes. as you go and not like, not like pigeonhole yourself into, uh, mm-hmm. you're feeling like you have to be at a certain, you should be doing this at this age, or you should have right. this figured out by this time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, again, like, I don't want to get soapboxy about it, but just like make taking care of yourself a priority. So if yes. that's, I guess if that's the, legacy that I can, you know, if, if there is such a, you know, thing, but I mean, just again, whether, yeah, whether it's your physical fitness or it's your mental health, like Mm -hmm. make it a priority, Mm -hmm. however that looks. Yeah. But you know, you, you only get one chance. I agree. No, I get that. Uh, and your last one is what piece of advice would you give yourself right now? Oh God, there's so many. (laughs) So many. (laughs) What's the top one that comes to mind that you need to hear? Calm the fuck down. (laughs) Relax. (laughs) Be positive. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, seriously, I, I, um, such an overthinker and such a, um, Again, it's trying to fix the way that my mind has always worked, which is like negative Nancy all the time. Yeah. And trying to, so that's, that's been like the hardest thing is trying to like not, if I start having a bad day or I get like stuck in these negative thoughts, like how do you pull yourself out? Like mm-hmm. how do you, so it's a constant reminder, like everything will be fine. Everything yes. will work out. Stay positive. Relax. Mm-hmm. Chill the fuck out. You will get through this. <laughs> yes. Because you always do. Yes. And most people do. You Trust know. the process. Trust the process. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for taking some time to come and talk oh God, with everybody Megan, you're today. you're so cute. I love you. Oh, I love I'm you. I'm so proud of you with this. Thank I don't you. Know, I mean, I'm, I don't know why you wanted to talk to me, but I appreciate it. This is self-deprecating. Don't thank do that. You. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's just... There are those things that, you know, people have gone through and and you are one of them. And there's a lot of people who have had to discover these things about themselves to live a more full and better life. Yes. And so you can have a great life. But, you know, if you're not also you're not going to be happy all of the time, but you want to be your happiest self as long as you can and enjoy this Mm -hmm. one shot at life that we have. And so that was really the point is that you've made this self-discovery and you're on a different path and um and that's going to allow you to really open your eyes and enjoy the next chapter in a much better way yeah if only people could see that i'm promoting my new gym on my shirt yes i know are we allowed to say it yeah Rockbox Fitness. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for that. So thank you again. It's been fun having you on. Thank you, friend. And, um, you know, when we release this, we will say more about Rockbox, and hopefully yeah. you'll have more concrete info to share, too, when we put this out. Yeah, I'll have it all. Listen, once I have my lo- like my physical address locked down, it's yeah. going to be all over my social media. Good, 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 good. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Everyday Badass. And uh, we'll be with you next week with another new guest.
All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Everyday Badass. And whatever platform you are listening to this podcast on, I would greatly appreciate if you can download, share, like, write a review, and just continue to support us and listen to these podcasts moving forward. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.